Acts 5, verse 17. Praise the Lord. Well, I love the book of Acts. I love it with all my heart. Thank God for the book of Acts. If it wasn't for the book of Acts, we would have no history of that early church. But God is good to us to give us the history of the early church and how that church came into existence and what happened in that early church. And we give God the praise for it. I love the book of Acts. It's, you know, I love the whole Bible, but I think probably the book of Acts is my favorite. It's just awesome. And that, you know, with the book of Revelation, of course. But anyway, we're in this awesome book of Acts. Some of the acts of some of the apostles or some of the actions of the Holy Ghost through the apostles or the church. So let's look at verse 17 of Acts chapter 5. The Bible says, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereinto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be a prince and a Savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are His witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him." When they heard that, they were cut to the heart to counsel to slay them. Father, we thank you right now for your awesome presence. We give you all the glory and the honor for what you're going to do in our midst today. You're the living Lord and you're in our midst of life. We thank you, God, that we're your church, we're your body. We thank you, Lord, for your awesome presence. Lord, even though we cannot see you with our physical eyes, we know that you are in this body of believers. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And Lord, now I take authority over any spirit, whether it be human, angelic. Father, right now, any spirit or attitude that is in opposition to the Word of God or is not correct, Lord, I take authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus. We release your power, your anointing, your authority by your Word. We thank you for your angels that are here present to help us declare this word. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Title of the message this morning, Sent, Went, and Put. Look at your neighbor and say, Sent, Went, and Put. We've already seen the church in so many different aspects. They were incorrigibly happy they were almost always in trouble and were utterly unafraid. It did not matter what they experienced. They received joy from the Spirit of God in their life. Utterly incorrigible. Always in trouble, nearly, and utterly unafraid because they had the Lord Jesus Christ in them and they were in union with Him. And so now we have seen that the devil tried to destroy the church through Ananias lying and Sapphira lying to the Holy Ghost and bringing in a false spirit into that place. And it did not succeed. God took it out. It was a strange fire. God removed it from the church. So now the church is moving powerfully. Very many people are being healed. Uh, sick people, the Bible says in verse 16, are getting healed. Unclean spirits are being cast out. So there's a powerful move of God once the purging has taken place. So there always has to be a purity in the church. A purity brings power. They went from judgment, and through judgment, they went into deliverance. We saw that last week. Now, as a result of the increase of power of the resurrected Lord in the church, the increase of power of the resurrected Lord in the church, here we have again the religious leaders rising up to try to do something about this new movement. So we have great spiritual warfare in connection with the old Jerusalem, the old religious system, and the hierarchy. So verse 17 says, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, which were filled with indignation. We know the high priests, we know the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They did not believe in the spirit. They did not believe in angels. They did not believe in miracles. They did not believe in the supernatural. Okay, They're real political. They're very, very wealthy. They're very religious. And so now we see them again. Uh, this is the Sanhedrin court. They are standing up against the power of the risen Lord. They are very indignant. The Bible says they are full of indignation. Why are these religious people so full of indignation? Anybody? Huh? It is because, yeah, pride, right. It is because they are envious. They are in, indignant because they are envious. So they want to do something about this new manifest power that's going on in the church, see, because they don't believe in this. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. They don't believe He's the Savior. They don't believe He's the Messiah. And now you've got this awesome move of Jesus in this church, and these people are completely sold out to Jesus Christ. We saw that last week, right? How many of y'all remember? Can you go back just a little bit and remember? This church was utterly, totally sold out to Jesus Christ. They were willing to give everything they had to follow Him. And because this body of believers who are completely sold out to Jesus Christ has a new manifestation of power and there's people getting healed, 
demons being cast out, the Sadducees who have rejected Jesus Christ are now indignant and because they are envious of this early church. Jesus is moving. They've rejected Him. So their indignation is a manifestation. Their anger is a manifestation of their unbelief. Because they do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're supposed to be the ones who are the preachers here. They're supposed to be the ones who should be joining this group and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. They should be the leaders of this whole movement. But instead of that, they are fighting it. They are rejecting the church. Their religious, the religious hierarchy is being shaken to the core by this people that are sold out totally to Jesus Christ. And it's the same way even in our day. You get a people that are totally sold out to Jesus Christ, full of the Spirit of God, signs, miracles, and wonders breaking out all around them. People who are preaching the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and telling people how to come into the church, you will have religious people that will get extremely angry with that. They, and their anger, their indignation, remember this, is a manifestation of their unbelief. You with me right now? How many of you know as long as you were in the church world, you know, the world accepted you? As long as you were in the nominal system, the religious system of your day. No big deal, right? As long as you were a social Christian, no big deal. But when you came into the church, when you got really born again, you got baptized in Jesus' name, and you got filled with the Holy Ghost, and you started living for the Lord, those religious people got mad at you. Why? Because they're envious. And because they have rejected the gospel. So the indignation of these religious people is as a result or a manifestation of their unbelief. If the church is really doing what it's supposed to do, and that's you, because you are the church. If you and I are really doing what we're supposed to do, get ready for religious people to be indignant. Because their anger is manifesting them that they are in unbelief. They say they believe in Him, just like these people here would say they believe in God, but to believe in God wouldn't mean to believe in Jesus Christ. You with me? But they have rejected Him, so they are indignant because they are envious. They are religious. It is a manifestation. Their anger is a manifestation of their unbelief. Their religion is being shaken to the core by this church. It's being shaken to the core by the living Lord, the risen Lord, in this body of believers. And they have completely rejected this whole movement. And they have rejected Jesus Christ. They have rejected this church. And they're rising up against it to try to stop it with everything they've got. Say amen. You understand what I'm trying to tell you today? So they are angry because they're envious. There's a lot of people, even in the church, the true church of Jesus Christ, they get angry because they're jealous. You just got to keep on moving. You got to keep on serving the Lord. You got to go where you're sent. You got to stay where you're put. You understand what I'm telling you? If God sends you, you go where you're put, where you're sent, and you stay where you're put. And you give what you got. And that's what these people did. Are y'all here with me? So the Bible says, I'll read it to you again in verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation.
And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. They were used to that. The apostles were used to being in prison. This was a part of being in the church in that day. If you're a part of this movement called the church, you were nearly always in trouble. You were encourageably happy. You were always, nearly always in trouble. And you were utterly unafraid. You were not intimidated by anybody. You were not intimidated by the devil. You were not intimidated by people. The only one you feared was God Almighty. And so you would go very boldly and you would proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with no fear, no intimidations, because you knew totally who you believed. And you were totally convinced. And you were utterly unafraid. And nobody could stop you from doing it. Because God, because you knew Jesus was the risen Lord. He was in the heavens. You are part of a new kingdom and a new nation. So therefore, because you believe that Jesus is God, that He is the Savior, and they were totally convinced they were willing to be cast into prison for that. No fear, no intimidation could stop them. So even in the midst of putting them in prison, they were filled with joy, incorrigibly happy. Utterly unafraid. And almost always in trouble. How about you? I can say amen. I can say amen myself. Uh, David said he, and the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's what you got to do. Amen. I can tell you, you have to be encouragedly, you have to be encouragedly happy. You have to encourage yourself in the things of God because there's going to be great battles. So I can tell you as a pastor, now maybe not on this level here, but as a pastor, I'm encouragedly happy. I'm utterly unafraid, but I'm almost always in trouble. Even with some of you. But I'm not intimidated. By the devil. I'm not intimidated by you. And it's not because I have a, my own personal strength. It's because there's a strength that comes from God. So the reason why they were... Uh, are you with me today? Encouragedly happy. Utterly unafraid. And almost always in trouble. The reason why they could keep on going is because their strength came from God. They weren't depending on their own ability or whatever. They were depending on God to do it through them. And so they had this supernatural boldness that caused religious people to get very, very upset. How about you today? Are you encouragedly happy? Are you utterly unafraid? Are you almost always in trouble? I'm not talking about with a bill collector. I'm talking about because you're on fire for Jesus Christ. And you're spreading the truth. And these religious people that are around you do not like... In fact, they will tell you they don't even believe in the Holy Ghost being poured out. They will tell you they don't believe in speaking in tongues. They will tell you they don't believe in the supernatural. They will tell you they don't believe in miracles. They're just like the Sadducees. They're rationalists. They try to explain away all the supernatural. They try to uh, explain away the move of God. And they, will just t- they will tell you that those people are just emotional. No, we know what we have. They will tell you speaking in tongues is of the devil that God doesn't do that anymore. Are you kidding me? You have come too late. I'm incorrigibly happy. I'm utterly unafraid. And I'm almost always in trouble. You have just come too late. So you, we're, we're surrounded by these people today. 
You got them all around you. They don't believe in getting the Holy Ghost speaking and receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. They don't believe in signs, miracles, and wonders. They say that's all done with. It's all finished when the Bible was completed. That is nothing but heresy. We're still in the New Testament church. And God is still the head. Jesus is still the head. And He's still doing signs, miracles, and wonders. So you'll get, you'll get surrounded by Sadducees, but you've come too late. And I had them when I first came in this. You know, I was raised a Lutheran. And I thank God for everything I learned as a Lutheran. I learned some good foundational things as a Lutheran. But I was raised a Lutheran. I wasn't raised in Pentecost. And when I came into Pentecost as a good Lutheran boy, 18 years old, and got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, baptizing Jesus' name, you know how many people told me that wasn't for me today? I said, what are you talking about? I've already got it. I've already received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've already spoken in tongues. How are you going to tell me it's not for me when I've received it? I tell you, you've come too late. You've come too late. So the spirit that was against the church in that early church is the same spirit that's against the church today. But we have the same Jesus in the church today that they had then. They were incorrigibly happy. They were utterly unafraid. And they were nearly always in trouble. Thank God for that. So when you really serve God, get ready. You're going to have persecution. It's going to come. Amen. They get indignant because they're envious. They see what God is doing. They see the signs, miracles, and wonders in your life. They see the blessings of God in your life. And they cannot stand to see you blessed. You understand what I'm telling you? Are y'all, did y'all come for church this morning? Are y'all, y'all, this is the right church. This is, is this Bible Center Fellowship. Mm. I thought I might have made a wrong turn this morning. This is Bible Center Fellowship. This is the Pentecost, this is a Pentecostal church, right? You are baptized in Jesus' name. You are spirit filled, right? Okay. Well, I just want to make sure I'm in the right crowd. I mean, you might throw me in jail if I'm not. Okay. So we got that. All right. Yeah. I'm feeling better now. Yeah. I thought I recognized some of y'all, but I, I didn't think you made a church change. Say amen. Okay, so let me ask you again. How many of y'all are incorrigibly happy? How many are utterly unafraid? And nearly always in trouble? For the right reason. It's great to be a part of the church. But it's going to bring great battle. So how many of y'all have ever come across this? I just want to talk to you a little bit because i got to get you in with me here. How many of y'all have come across this, this indignation from religious people who claim to be Christians? And they tell you you can't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues and you know, that's of the devil and you know, that signs, miracles, and wonders are done away with. Anybody ever faced that before? How about if you've been blessed, just supernaturally blessed by God, you got these envious, jealous people around you that just can't stand to see you blessed? Anybody like that? Good. Praise the Lord. Put your name and say, that's good. Yeah. Indignant because they were envious. This church shook the religious hierarchy of its day. And when that happens, when this church, Odessa, Texas, right here, 
shakes the religious hierarchy of our day. Get ready for persecution. Get ready for them to talk about you. Get ready for them to make up strange things about you because they, what? They're intimidated by what's happening here. Whoa, let me step into this. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the nominal system. I'm talking about, in some cases, the Pentecostal churches in this area. You get ready because they, many of these churches, I know you don't believe me, but I'm going to tell you anyway, they are envious of you. Because they look at what God has done in your life and they see the walk of God that's in your life and they see the holiness of life. And they see that you're utterly, totally sold out to the Lord. Sold out to God. You're a, this is a church of power. A church where God moves. A church where signs, miracles, and wonders take place. A church where people are being born in the kingdom. And, and so get ready when you have growth and you have movings of God. Get ready. I hate to say that. I'm not like that. I want them to grow. I want those Pentecostal churches in this area to grow. But I want to tell you something. Some of our enemies have come from there. And I put it on tape this morning. I'm just telling you, that's the way it is. They are indignant because they are envious. They won't tell you that, but that's just the way it is. Brother Dixon told me one time, he said, Brother Carter... He said there was a pastor who's having a powerful move of God. Powerful revival breaking out in, in the city. And one of the local Jesus name pastors, you know, um, and they, he, this pastor knew where this guy was. He said, how's it going, brother? You doing all right? Well, he knew that he wasn't asking him in sincerity. So this pastor that's having powerful revivals in the city looked at this other pastor and said, oh, the doors are about to close. Don't know if we're going to make it. Well, that what? Are y'all with me today? <laughs> See, that's what that preacher wanted to hear. He didn't want to hear from that man that we're having a powerful revival and we're growing, we're busting out the doors. You know, people are coming in the kingdom and great things are happening. That pastor didn't want to hear that from that other pastor. He wanted to hear we're about to close the doors. That's religious flesh. And it can get into Pentecostalism. It can get in you. Don't let it ever get a hold of you. Don't ever, are y'all with me today? Because this, this church should be about Jesus Christ. It's about the kingdom of God. And I know you don't want to hear that, but I'm just going to tell you the truth because I live in the world. I live in this city. I live in this city. And there's constant conflict all the time. So we see these people right here again, incorrigibly happy, utterly unafraid, and nearly always in trouble. So if you want to be a part of the church of the living God, get ready. I know one sister in the church right now, as soon as she came to church, started coming to church, seeking God, getting the Holy Ghost, the person she was living with her beat her. Literally beat her up. What's going on there? That's a spirit of persecution that's rising up against her. Are y'all here? There are some wives who were, and I don't know that you are because none of y'all come and tell me this, but I know people in other churches, one is Jesus' name churches, their wives were beaten for going to church. So if you go to church, the husband said, if you go to that church again, I'm going to beat you when you get home. And he did. You know what she did? She kept going to church. 
And when she'd come home, she'd get a beating. And then this, this didn't just happen one time. This happened multiple times. And she just kept going to church. And she'd come home from church and the husband would beat her. She'd go back to church, go home, the husband would beat her again. You see? So maybe you're not, maybe you've never experienced anything like that, but that's a reality. But that woman never stopped going to church, no matter what that husband did. I, you know, and I, there's even men. I know a man in this church right now. The wife withheld herself from him because of his walk with God. Are y'all with me today? I mean, they're no longer together. God has, God has taken him on beyond that now. But I'm just telling you, you would be surprised what your brothers and sisters go through in living for Jesus Christ. And that's nothing. How would you like to be over there, you know, in Afghanistan somewhere as a Christian? Cut your head off. If they find you with the Bible, off with your head. So, you know, we sometimes we experience some difficulties in our life living for the Lord, and it's hard sometimes, and we don't like people talking about us, putting us down, but they're not killing us yet. They're not cutting your head off yet. The government's not beating you for your faith, right? And most of you, I don't know any of you have to go home and face a beating when you leave church today. But that's just the way it is. Because there's great spiritual warfare but from the kingdom of, God, of darkness and the kingdom of God. And these people right here are religious people who claim that they, they know God and claim that they serve God, but really they are the serpent's seed. That's why they're fighting against the true church of Jesus Christ. That's why they're fighting against the body. Because this warfare of that old nation of Israel and this new nation of Jesus Christ is in conflict. And they don't want to do it God's way. They want to keep doing it their way. And because they want to keep doing it their way and not God's way, then there's a conflict here. Because the people in the church are doing it God's way. And they're completely sold out. And there's a manifestation of the risen Jesus in their life. Everywhere they go, there's signs, miracles, and wonders breaking out. So this warfare is going on. And these religious people do not want to do it God's way. You find somebody who claims to be a believer. You find somebody who claims to be a Christian who doesn't want to do it God's way. And they come across a believer that does want to do it God's way. Get ready for the warfare. These people wanted to do it their way. They didn't want to do it God's way. And so as a result of that, we have this persecution arising and we have the shaking of the hierarchy and we it's a shaking to the core you understand what i'm telling you this is the bible i'm preaching from today so they were indignant the bible says in verse 18 they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison this is a common place for them they're used to this they've been cast in into this prison before now the bible says but the angel of the lord say but the angel of the lord and the Sadducees don't believe in angels. So God sends an angel. They don't believe in miracles. And the lame man's a miracle. So they're getting slapped right in the face. You know? And what they're holding on, what they say they believe, they're getting slapped right in the face. They're getting confronted. And they're being showed that they're wrong. And nobody likes to be told they're wrong. People will kill you if you tell them they're, they're wrong. Because Are y'all here with me? 
So they're finding out they're wrong. They're being slapped in the face with a miracle. They're being slapped in the face with angelic power. And they don't believe in any of this. So we're going to do, we're going to throw you in prison. We got to get rid of you because it's either you go or we go. Sadducees go or they go. That's the way they looked at it. And God says, no, the church is going to stay. So the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak. So now we got an angel telling them go, right? So he's sending them. Go and speak. Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Because they were sent, they went. And when they went, they were put. Look what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. First Timothy 1, verse 12. He says this, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Paul said, I was put in the ministry. He said, at one time I thought I was really smart. At one time I thought I was really educated. He was educated. But what he does against the church in persecution is an advertisement of his ignorance. Even though at one time he thought he was educated, at one time he thought he was smart, his ignorance was on being advertised when he persecuted the church. Same thing with the Sadducees. When they started persecuting the church, they thought they were so smart, and thought they were so educated. This is the hierarchy, this is the Sanhedrin court of the day. They are the religious leaders, the political leaders, and the spiritual leaders of the whole Israel. But yet, their ignorance is being advertised by their indignation against this move of God. So he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor, and an injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorant in unbelief. You see, there was a time the Apostle Paul did not believe that Jesus was God incarnate. There was a time the Apostle Paul did not believe in Jesus' Messiahship. He thought he was really smart. He was highly educated, but he persecuted the church. Until God got a hold of him, and he discovered who he was. Verse 14 says, And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to live everlasting. So there was a time when he did it ignorant. Ignorant unbelief. It was an advertisement of his ignorance. I will tell you again. He thought he was smart. He was educated. He's persecuting the church. He didn't know Jesus was God in the flesh. He did not know that Jesus was the Messiah. He did it ignorantly in unbelief. So everything that he did by way of persecution was a manifestation of his ignorance, even though he thought he was so smart. And there's so many people today that think they're smart, 
and think they're education, ed, educated, but they're rising up against the Christ of God because they don't know. They're doing it ignorant unbelief. So the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says, God put me in the ministry. Because God put me in the ministry, I know I was sent. And when I was sent, I went. And if I was sent and I went, I know I'm put. And if I'm sent and I went and I know I'm put, I'm utterly unafraid. Nothing will, nothing will scare me. Are y'all with me right now? And so when the angel appeared to them, am I boring y'all this morning? When the angel appeared to them that morning and opened the prison doors, he said, go. Tell this people all the words of this life. Tell them that you can have the power of life come into you if you'll receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Tell them that Jesus came not just to get you out of hell into heaven. He came to get heaven in you on this earth. Tell him all the words of, tell them all the words of this life. Notice this, this life right now. He didn't say tell them about eternal life. He didn't say tell them about, you know, the future world. He says tell them all the words of this life. Tell them right now you can experience the power of life in you if you'll receive the Holy Ghost. That Jesus came to give you His life in this life. y'all understand? So go. Say go. go. And because He said go, they went. They went because they were sent. And because they were sent, they stayed put. Go where you're sent. Amen. Go where you're sent. And when you go, You'll be put. And when you're put, give what you got. And that's exactly what this early church did. Because they were sent, they went, they were put, and they gave what they got. To everybody they went to. So the Apostle Paul says, whenever he was brought into the church, he says, Jesus put him in the ministry. In the ninth chapter, the Bible says that he was put in a basket. When he came into the kingdom of God, he was put in a basket. What are you doing in that basket, Paul? Because now he's a believer. But they don't believe. They don't believe he is. And so he's got to run for his life because somebody's trying to kill him. How'd you get in that basket, Paul? I was put. And the reason why I was put in this basket is because I was sent and I went. Because when I was sent, I went. Now I'm put in this basket. That's why I'm here. In Acts 26, when he's standing before Agrippa, the Bible says, Paul says, the Lord sent me. Watch this. Let's look at it. You want to look at it? Let's look at it. Acts 26. The persecutor is going to be persecuted. I'm talking about persecution this morning. So in Acts 26, the Apostle Paul, verse 17 Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Because he sent me, I went. And because I'm sent and I went, I'm put.
And I'm not afraid of you, Agrippa. Because you can't kill me. You can kill me physically, but you can't kill me eternally. You catching this? So he said in Acts 26, he said, the Lord sent me. The Lord sent me. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Somebody asks you, why are you doing what you're doing? I'm sent, and I went, and I'm put. Because I'm sent, because I was sent, I went, and because I went, I'm put. And if God put me, nobody can remove me. Nobody can kill me. If God sent me and I went, then I'm put. Paul said, I'm, he put me in the ministry. And if you're sent and you went and you're put, then you're a true Christian. Only if you're sent and you went and you put, are you ever a true Christian. Say amen. And if you know God sent you and you went, then you know God put you. And so you're never afraid of what anybody can do. Paul, what are you doing in that ship over there in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts? And this ship is about to be sunk. He said, no, I'm unsinkable. You can't sink me because I'm sent. And I went. And I'm put. And if God put me in this ship, I'm unsinkable. You can't sink me. If God said I'm going to Rome because He sent me and I went, I'm put. And you can't sink me. Jesus, why are you hanging on that cross? Wounds all over your body. Put. Because I was sent and I went. I'm put. That's why I'm hanging on this cross. Put. Say put. And then Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And because He sent you and you went, stay put and give what you got. What are you, why are you doing what you're doing? Because I'm put. And I'm put because I'm sent and I went. And because I know God sent me, I went. And if you know God sent you and you went, then you know God put you. And if God puts you, you don't have to worry about a thing. Why are you doing what you're doing? I'm sent, I'm went, and I'm put. Say praise the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And if you're sent, you're put. Okay, so anyway, y'all are... So the angel tells them, go. He says, go. Say, go. Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. I'm sending you out of this prison. Go and stand in that temp temple place and preach all the words of this life. Because you're sent, then you went. And because you went, you were put. And they stood up there and they started preaching all the words of this life, letting them know that the power of God can come in them, let them know that li the life of Jesus Christ, that they can experience that as well. And they did it incorrigibly happy, utterly unafraid. Always, nearly always in trouble. Say praise the Lord. Praise How many of you have been sent? Ooh, if you have it, then you're not a true Christian. I'll ask the question again. How many of you have been sent? And you went? And you're put? That's the only way you can be a true Christian. If you're sent, you went, you put. Say amen. amen. 
Wow. What are you doing? I'm put. What do you mean you put? I was sent, and I went, and I put. Say put. What are you doing that basket, Paul? Put. What are you doing this ship, Paul? Put. What are you doing on the cross, Jesus? Put. I was sent, and I went. Say amen. amen. All right, so y'all, y'all, how many of y'all were sent? I'm going I'm to ask you again. How many of y'all were sent? Good. Because if you weren't sent, you're not a Christian. How many went? Oh, don't lift your hand. You know. See, if you if you were sent, you were you were supposed to go. So if you're sent and you went, then you're put. Nobody can take that away from you. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are y'all out here like this? I'm put. Just tell them that. Just tell them that. Just mess them up. I give you authorization to mess them up. What are you doing out here? You're not supposed to be out here doing this. I'm put. What do you mean you're put? I was sitting. I went because I'm sitting. I went. I'm put. Because I, because I'm sent and I went and I stay put. I give what I got. Oh. <laughs> you understand? Because I'm a true Christian. I'm put. Paul says I'm put. Jesus put me in the ministry. Nobody can take you out of that place. They can fight you. They can persecute you. They can throw you in jail. They can laugh at you. They can do everything they can to try to destroy the move of God in your life. But if you're put, and you know God put you, when you're sent, you went. Now you're put. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's heavy, isn't it? How many are sent? How many you went? How many you're put? Mm, I'm glad. Praise the Lord, because I was, again, wondering if I turned the wrong corner. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't what, did not we straightly command that you should not teach in this name? No, I was sent, and I went, and I'm put. And I'm going to give what I got. And I'm going to stay put. I'm going to stay put because I'm, I'm sent, and I went... And I'm put, I'm going to stay put, and I'm going to give what I got, and I don't care who comes against me, I don't care what they say, I don't care what they do, I'm sent, I went, I'm put, and I'm going to give what I got. And because I'm going to put, because I'm put, I'm going to stay put. And the only one that God, only one that's going to move me out of this place is God Almighty. No demon, no religious system, no hierarchy, nothing, no human being is going to move me, because I'm put. Say praise the Lord. So you got to know that you know that you know. Because you're going to have great warfare, great conflict, persecution, all kinds of things coming against you. You have to be sent, went, and put. If you sent and you went, then you're put. If you know God sent you, come on somebody, and you went, then you know God put you. That's all you got to know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you don't like it. I don't, you know, you might think you're smart. You might think you're educated. But you're just advertising your ignorance. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I wish I wouldn't do this. I wish I would. No. I'm put. And I'm staying put. And i got to give you the words of this life. I gotta tell you that what I have received, you can receive all also. And the life that I have in me, the power of life, you can experience yourself. Oh yeah, praise the Lord. 
And so because they, they were sent, they went, and they stayed put and gave all they got. Gave what they got. And they stood there and they preached, the Bible says, the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught just like they were sent. They went and they were put. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together, the Sanhedrin court, the supreme court of the land. What would happen if the supreme court of the United States of America got together and made a decision? You can't preach in the name of Jesus. Would you stay put? You would if you were sent and went. Because if you were sent and you went and you were put, you give them what you got. It doesn't matter. Supreme Court of the United States of America says, don't preach in the name of Jesus. We're going to keep preaching it. We're going to keep preaching it. We ought to obey God rather than men. If your husband tells you, no, I don't, I don't want you to be baptized in his name. No. I'm sent and I went and I'm put. And I'm going to stay put. I'm, I'm going to stay put. And I'm going to give what I got, whether you like it or not. You can't stop me. Because when I was sent, I went and I put. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And that's the only way you can know if you're a true believer or not. You can come and sit in a church. You can act like you're a believer. You can be Pentecostal in name. But if you're not sent and went and put, you're not a true believer. But those who are sent and went and are put, you know they're true believers because they're out there with the living Lord Jesus Christ and they're telling people, even who don't want to hear this, they're telling them all the words of this life. Not just about the world to come, but this life. Right now you can experience His life and His power can be manifested in you. Give the Lord praise in the house. And so, having been released from prison, they go and stand there in that temple in Solomon's court there. And they begin to preach just like they were told. The Bible says, verse 22, But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man with him. I wonder if all night long the Sanhedrin courts were worried about this right here. That if the Spirit of God that was in Jesus Christ could raise Jesus from the dead, that the Spirit of God that was in Jesus Christ that's now inside of these people here, if somehow He could get them out of a prison. And He did. And I wonder if they kind of expected it. What are you going to do with these kind of people? What are you going to do? You can't stop them. You can persecute them. You can throw them in jail. But God opens the door and releases them and sends them to preach again all the words of this life. They're standing on every corner. We can't get rid of them. We don't know what to do with these people. They're everywhere. They're like bees in a beehive. We're 10,000 believers at that moment in this little place called Jerusalem. Say amen. amen. And they're doing what God has sent them to do. The Bible says in verse 23, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priests and the captains of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them were into this would grow. How? What's going to come about this? What's going to take place here? Now, let me tell you something. The church is still in the world today, but I am not aware of 
a group of people called the Sadducees. They have their children walking on this earth. But as far as the group called the Sadducees, who were the rationalists, who did not believe in the supernatural power of God, did not believe the resurrection of the dead, did not believe in angels, did not believe in spirits, these, this group of people called the Sadducees, I don't know that there's anybody that's calling themselves that anymore. But the church is still here and it's still going. They couldn't, what I'm trying to tell you is the Sadducees have to go or the church. And the church is not going anywhere. The church of Jesus Christ. You know why it's not going anywhere? It's put. It's sent, it went, and it's put. What about you? Are you sent? Went? Are you put? Are you put? Are you going to stay put? Or are you going to be gone in a week? Oh, we got a lot of them who come and gone. Yeah. No. This is the key to determine if you're a true Christian. Not just speaking in tongues, feeling the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, baptizing. That's not the only thing. It's if you're sent, you went, and you're put. And you're given what you got. That's the key. And you're sharing the words of this life that's in you with other people. Hallelujah. You are called and I'm called to reach the lost. That's our calling. That's the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. He's in, in union with us. And it's not by our own strength. It's by His power in us. Amen. Say amen. amen. Totally convinced. Totally convinced. So the Bible says, look at it again. Verse 25. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. You can put them in prison, but because Jesus sent them and they went, they're put. Isn't that beautiful? Say, so don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Don't worry about what they say. Don't worry about how they persecute you. Don't worry about how they beat you. Don't worry about it. Just keep on serving the Lord. Say amen. amen. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. You know, really, you almost ought to start worshiping God and praising God when religious people start fighting you. Hmm, I must be sent. And I went. And I'm staying put. I got a lot of people fighting me. Hallelujah to the Lamb. But I'm going to keep preaching. Yeah, they didn't like it, did they? They were indignant because they were envious. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Let Jesus receive the glory. Let Jesus receive the honor. And when they say it can't be none, watch what God does. When they're looking forward to you closing the door, God blows out the doors. When they say it's over, no, it's not over. It's just starting. Yeah, that's just the way God is. He'll make a liar out of you. Yeah, it'll just be a manifestation of ignorance. When you fight against the Lord, when you fight against His church, say praise the Lord. See, these, this religious people weren't fighting against just flesh and blood. They weren't fighting against just people. They were fighting against God. They were fighting against the Spirit of God that was in that church. You can't stop it. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, you can't stop this. Because God said it. We went and we're put and we know it. If you sin, you went, you know you're put. 
You give what you got. Let me tell you something. That's the only strength you can go on because if you don't know your scent, if you don't know your put, whenever a little battle rises up against you, you'll be out the door. You'll be running away from it. But if you know your scent and you went and you put, you give what you got. And get ready for the persecution. Say, but they can't stop it. Because God will send an angel to you and open your prison door. God will release you out of the place where they put you because He's got another place where He's put you. Where they sent you is not where He wants you to be. So, y'all understand what I'm telling you? And you thought, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm just going to be right up front with you right now. If you think it's going to be easy to live for the Lord, if, you, if you're looking for an easy way to live for God, if you're looking for a place where you'll never have any battle, any struggle, any persecution, or any difficulties, you might as well go home. Because as soon as you got in the church of Jesus Christ, you became a target for all fodder of the devil. Religious people, family, you got it. It's going to come against you. You got to know you're sent, and because you're sent, you went, and because you know you are sent, you're put by God, and nothing can move you. I'm going to be where God tells me to go. And that's what they did. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I know I keep, I know I keep repeating that over to you, but I need you to get that. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why, Pastor? Why are you doing? Why is there a church in Odessa, Texas? Why is there a Bible Center Fellowship? Why is this building here? Why are you here today? Why are you in this church? Because somebody was sent and went, was put, and gave what they got. That's why you're here. Some believer came to you. They were sent and they went and they were put and they gave what they got. And that's why you're here today in a church. If that doesn't excite you, I don't have anything else to give you. I'm put. And I'm put by God because I know I'm sent. And because I know I'm sent, I went. That's why there's a church here. And that's why, you know, as far as my ministry is concerned, the ministry God has put me in. Put me in. That's why I'm not somewhere else. I'm put here. And as long as I'm put here, I'm staying put. Hallelujah to the left. That's just, that's just the way it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to have to encourage myself in the Lord, and so are you. Encourage to be happy, utterly unafraid, and nearly always in trouble. But because I'm sent, I went and I'm put. And I'm giving what I got. And I'm in trouble. Praise God. That's all right. That's all right. Just keep on. It's all about Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And while you're out there doing your little thing and you're getting your education and you're missing church and, and you're doing your work and you know and you're missing church, we're going to keep on rolling. And we're going to keep on winning souls. And we're going to keep on trusting God. And we're going to keep on serving the Lord. And, and while you're out there doing your little thing, Oh, if you only knew what you were missing. Go stand in the temple and speak the words of this life. I'm sent. Because I'm sent, I went. And because I went, I'm put. Thank God for that. And I might end up in a basket. Somebody lowered me down. I might end up in a ship. In a huge storm. Why are you in that storm? I'm put. He put me in this storm. But I know the ship is unsinkable because He put me here. 
and he told me I'm going to Rome. So no matter what storm I'm in, I'm put. And it might end up that you end up being put on the cross from sin. And I went. That's why I'm put. Why are you hanging on that cross? Because I'm put. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you today, if you're looking for some kind of comfortable religion, some easy way, with no troubles in your life, get ready. You're in the wrong church. But if you understand what I'm telling you, that you're sent, you went, you put, and you're given what you got, and that you're incorrigibly happy, and that you are utterly unafraid, and that you are nearly always in trouble, you need to thank God because you're a part of the church of the living God. That's a testimony. That is a testimony that you're a true believer. Why do you keep going to that church? Because I'm put. Well, I want you to come over here and be with us. I'm put. Well, we like it over here. I'm put. And so were you until you backslid. I'm put. Nothing can move you when you know your sins. When you know you're put, nothing can move you. You come up with all your excuses, but I'm put. Say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. What I'm trying to show you is in contrast to these religious people, these disciples were doing it God's way. These other ones didn't want to do it God's way. The disciples said, I'll do it God's way. Well, hey, if I go stand in the temple again and I preach again, I might be beat again. I might be thrown in jail again. Go. Speak to this people the words of this life. Go. I'm sending you. Go. And so because they were sent, they went and they were put and they preached the gospel even though they knew they could be in this same prison cell again. Yeah. I think a lot of us just have a talk. That's what we, we got to talk. And when we come to this church, we're in these four walls here, and we're big, big, big time. We're really big. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. 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 You get to come in here and just sit down and you get to listen to a preacher entertain you. And... No, I'm not trying to be mean today. I'm not trying to be mean today. But how many of us come here today like that? We can plop down. We just wait. What are you, what are you going to tell me? Now, what's he going to preach to me today, you know? Say Amen. amen. Are you sent? Did you go? If you did, you're put. Well, some of y'all not feeling too good right now. You, you, you look like you need some medication. You need stomach medication? You look a little puny. This is a sign of a true believer. Hallelujah. Are you a true believer today? Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. And I'm having trouble. Praise the Lord. I'm going to do it God's way. And they're not going to like you. They're not going to like that. Because you made up your mind. You're going to do it God's way. And they're indignant with you because they're envious. You watch what happens in your life. You watch how God's going to use you. You watch. I'm just telling you. I, I, I don't know. I may be hearing voices. Okay, I hope I'm hearing, if I'm, I'm, I'm hearing voices. I hope I'm hearing God's voice. If I'm hearing God's voice, you get ready. What the Lord is going to do. 
with His church. Praise the Lord. Give God praise. And it's not going to come without a cost. It's not going to come without a price. And it's not going to come without some suffering and some attack. But hallelujah to the Lamb. I know I know where I am. I know where I belong. Nothing's going to move me. Everything around me is going to shake but me. It's not going to shake me out of my place. And while you're playing your little game, I'm going to be serving God. And when you're trying to find earthly fame, I'm going to be serving God. Say praise the Lord. I love y'all. You know, I told that we finally ended up out there, you know, in the Sing Baby Sing, you know, the song fest. I, I, I just said to myself, this is a tough crowd. Uh, man, I wouldn't want to have been singing in front of that crowd. And y'all are a tough crowd. I said, I think y'all carried that over from Friday night into the church service this morning. You're a tough crowd. Man. Thank God I'm sent and I went and I'm put. And I'm giving what I got. Hallelujah. Ooh, yeah. And the Bible says, verse 25 again, Then came one and had told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. They went right back where they were before. Even though they knew it cost them their life. Isn't that awesome? What if somebody rose up against you? Say, okay, well, praise the Lord. Um, you know, the angel says, go back. Go back where you came from. Go back where you said. Preach right there. Oh, but can I go over here? I kind of like it over here better because... No, he said... He told him exactly where to go. Go stand in the temple and speak what? Not what you want to speak. Not what you think you ought to say. Speak the words of this life. That you can get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can speak with tongues. You can experience the life of God just like I have. You can be baptized in His glorious name. He's alive from the dead. He can change your life just like He's changed my life. He can give you life. The words of this life. He's not just trying to get you out of hell and take you to heaven. He's trying to bring heaven and put heaven in you. In this life. Thank God. I, it's exciting to know that you're going to heaven. But hallelujah. What if you're in hell on earth? That's why you got to speak to them the words of this life. You tell them, yeah, God can bring heaven to you now. In this life. He can take you out of your hell right now. In this life. It's the words of this life. His life. They didn't like this. They didn't believe this. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence. For they feared the people lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. This is the Sanhedrin court. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, intending to bring this man's blood upon us. You can preach about God all you want to. You can talk about God all you want to. We don't have a problem with that. 
But when you preach the name of Jesus, you're bringing, come on somebody, you're bringing an apostolic doctrine to those people. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Did not, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? These apostles are bringing an apostolic message when they preach the name of Jesus. Will you bring your doctrine on us intending? Are you all with me? Okay, let me get it exactly right. Where's the blood today? The blood's in the heavens. The literal blood. But where's the blood spiritually? How can it be applied to your life? The Bible says, saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? Teach in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But don't preach the name of Jesus. No, I'm going to keep preaching the name of Jesus because Jesus is the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Oh, talk about the Father, talk about the Son, talk about the Holy Ghost, but don't preach that. Are you kidding me? Preach the, preaching the name of Jesus is what got them in trouble. The name of Jesus is a fine line of separation. It's the separating line between you and the denominal world out there. The name of Jesus is a fine line of separation. They'll talk about God. They'll preach about the Father. They'll preach about the Son. They'll preach about the Holy Ghost. Why don't you preach the name of Jesus? The name of Jesus is a fine line of separation. That's what makes you different from the religious world of this city. That's what makes you different from the religious world of this world. You're the name, you're the people of the name. You're the Jesus name people. Hallelujah. It's a fine line of separation. Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, intending to meet, bring this man's blood upon us. You're trying to make us guilty of his blood. When you preach the name of Jesus, they're saying, you're making us guilty of the blood. So don't preach the name of Jesus because you're making us guilty of the blood. They took part in his death. See? So the blood is in the name of Jesus. And when they were preaching the name of Jesus, because the blood of Jesus was in the name, if you're on the wrong side of the blood, you become guilty of the blood that was shed. But when you get baptized in Jesus' name, that's why your sins are remitted. Because the blood is in the name of Jesus, and only the blood can wash away your sin. Say the blood is in the name of Jesus. Where's the blood? It's in the name of Jesus. So you're either guilty of the blood when you reject the name, or you have the blood remove your sin when you accept the name in baptism. Say hallelujah to the Lamb. Woo, I thank God for the name. You know what I'm telling you. It's a fine line of separation. But we're going to keep preaching the name. This is what they didn't like. They were preaching this doctrine. The name of Jesus had power. The name of Jesus had salvation. The name of Jesus is where you get the blood. The only way you can be saved is in the name of Jesus. The only way you can come into the kingdom is in the name of Jesus. The only way you can have your sins remitted was the name of Jesus. Say praise the Lord. If the blood is in the name, 
And the Bible says, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If being baptized in Jesus' name remits your sin, it's because the blood is in the name. And if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, how and when did you get your sins remitted? Biblically, how and when did you get your sins remitted? Because it's in the name of Jesus that you get your sins remitted. Ooh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Give God praise in this house. But you say they didn't want to do it God's way. They wanted to do it their way. Oh, don't, 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 don't preach that teaching. Don't put that teaching on us. That's what you're trying to do. You're, you're trying to bring your teaching on us, and we don't want that. And, and the name of Jesus, you know, you're, you're trying to make us guilty of the blood when you preach the name. See, it's a fine line of separation. That's what makes you different. It's not just the length of your skirt, the length of your hair, and the lack thereof, whatever, as a man. It is because you are the people of the name of Jesus. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. That has to do doctrinally. Doctrinally. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Colossians. So everything we do, we pray in the name of Jesus. We believe healing is in the name of Jesus. When we pray for the sick, we, we pray in the name of Jesus. We baptize in water in the name of Whatever you do, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. You are the people of the name and so are these apostles. The power, oh, the power of attorney. You with me? The power of authority was in the name of Jesus. You want to see results? You want to see people get their sins remitted? You want to see people get healed? You want to see people get delivered from demon spirits? You want to see people get saved? Then preach the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus, exalt Jesus. You say you believe in God. I'm not taking anything away from you on that. I'm not saying you don't believe in God. But how were you baptized? And have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? See what I'm saying? And so then just start preaching in Jesus' name. And they'll come in. They'll come in. And they'll get born again. So look at it again with me, please. Verse 20. Saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? It's a fine line of separation. Behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Thank God, in that short period of time, they had filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. The blood is in the name of Jesus. Verse 29. 29 then Peter and all the, and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because I'm sent and I went and I put, and I'm going to give what I got. And so I'm going to keep preaching the name of Jesus Christ. We ought to obey God rather than men. I'm going to do what God tells me. You don't want to do what God tells you, is what he basically they're saying. But we're going to do what God is telling us to do. That's why we're doing what we're doing. We ought to obey God. Do you understand that? That they are looking at their shepherds? They are looking at their spiritual shepherds who have rejected Jesus Christ. They are looking at the religious authority in the land, the political authority in the land, and the spiritual shepherds of their life. And they are telling these spiritual shepherds, we ought to obey God rather than men. You don't do that. 
unless you know that you know that you know that the one that you're preaching is the one God of the Bible. Because that Sanhedrin court has them standing in front of them to determine if they're bringing a new religion, a new God, if they're bringing false doctrine, and if they're false prophets. If they are bringing a new religion, a new God, according to Deuteronomy 13, you take them out and you kill them. You hear me what I'm telling you? And for them to say this, we ought to obey God rather than men. Let me tell you something. Yeah, they laid it all on the line. But you see, they knew they weren't bringing a new God. Jesus is that one God. They knew they weren't bringing a new religion. Come on, somebody. It's the true faith. They knew it. And so they could stand up to a religious hierarchy that had been shaken to the core by the power of God. They knew where they stood. All right? Come on, somebody. You got to get what I'm trying to show you here. You got to hear what I'm trying to tell you here today. God, thank God for it. Now watch. All right. Then again, verse 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Aren't you thankful that you obeyed God? And then he starts preaching. He takes this opportunity once again. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. We're not preaching a new God. Same God. One God. The one God of the Bible raised up Jesus in His humanity. See, get this, get this. They're preaching the resurrection again to people who don't believe in the resurrection. They're preaching the same God. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hanged on a tree. You did it. You crucified Him. But the God of our fathers raised Him. But you killed Him. What God did and what you did. Him hath God exalted with His right hands to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. He's the only one that you can receive forgiveness of sins through. He's the only one that can bring you to repentance. He's the only one that can save you. Come on somebody. There is no salvation outside of Jesus Christ. He's the true God. He's the true Savior. This is not a new religion. It's not a new God. He is this. And His name is the only one that brings it. Say Amen. Amen. And so He says, and we are His witnesses. We are His martyrs. That's what that word means, martyrs, of all these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that who? That what? Obey Him. Say, obey Him. He said, you receive the Holy Ghost when you obey Him. Well, I thought we received it by grace, through faith. We do. But obedience is never separated from true faith. You can't say you have faith if you do not obey His words. And the Bible says He gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey Him. Say praise the Lord. Amen. Alright. It's beautiful, isn't it? When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. What do you do with these people? It's either they go or we go. So they said, we're, going, we're going to kill them. They had the spirit of murder. They had the spirit of the Antichrist. They had the spirit of Satan working in them. Verse 34, Then stood there up one in the council of Pharisee named Gamaliel. The Bible says he's a doctor of the law. Gamaliel. The Apostle Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel. 
Gamaliel was Paul's teacher before Paul's conversion. This man was highly respected. A highly respected teacher. I want you to catch it again. Paul sat at his feet. Extremely respected. They went to this man for counsel because of his tremendous wisdom and tremendous knowledge. Okay? And so the Bible tells us this man Gamaliel, who was respected in that day, a man they often went to for counsel, a man who the Apostle Paul said at the feet of, that's, that's the caliber of a man we're talking about here. He stands up and he says this. They're about ready to kill him. Kill these disciples. Gamaliel stands up. And here's what he says. Okay? He said to them, You men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. You better be careful how you handle these men. Right? Wise counsel. Well, they already knew that by now. You got angels open doors for them, you know. You got the power of resurrected Jesus operating in their life. You can beat them and they keep on preaching because they're sent, they went, and they're put, and they're given what they got. You can't stop these people. You ought to just throw up your hands and just join them. You ought to become a part of them, right? You can experience the words of this life. He's letting them know that. Okay? So Gamaliel says, Take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up, and he goes on, he lists two false messiahs that rose up. Okay? And these false messiahs, these false teachers, these false saviors, risen up in times past, and they had a following. They had a group of people that followed them. And so Gamaliel makes reference to these two teachers and or these two false messiahs. He says, For before these days rose, rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. So we got this man, Thaddeus, or Thutis. He started his movement. He started his own little group. He started his own little church. He got 400 men following him. The Bible says he was slain. And all those that obeyed him, they were slain. It came to an end. That was observation. It came to an end. It wasn't of God. It came to an end. Ooh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Alright. The Bible says, he goes on, he talks about verse 37. As this man rose up, Judas of Galilee, in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him. He also perished. And all men, as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. They were scattered. It wasn't of God. It wasn't of God. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. Just leave them alone. Leave them alone. The Bible says, for if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. Now, I will tell you today, you've got to be careful without building, about building a doctrine on that statement. You with me? Because there's some things that don't come to naught that are not of God. There's some churches out there today that are not of God, but they don't come to naught. So you've got to be careful about building a doctrine on this. But for that moment, it is wise counsel. Right? 
What he's saying basically, he's wise in this. Don't find yourself fighting against God. You can get yourself in a position, he's saying, well, you're fighting against God and you don't realize it. If you mishandle these men, you're fighting against God. So don't fight against God. Smart, wise counsel, isn't it? Not to fight against God. Who wants to fight against God in here? Yeah, okay, good. Thank God. Right? So he says, okay, number one, he said, for this counsel, this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Isn't that awesome? You cannot overthrow it. Lest happily you be found even to fight against God. If you say that, Gamaliel, and you're standing there as the wise doctor in Jerusalem, who's respected and has great reputation for knowledge and wisdom, then why didn't you join them? Come on, somebody. See, he was not willing to take a stand for Jesus Christ. He was not willing to stand up like these apostles were willing to stand up and preach Jesus Christ. He was evidently a coward. See, he could look at it and say, if this is God, you're not going to be able to stop it. You can't, you can't stop it. He's able to look at it and say, all right, we're going to leave these men alone. And if it isn't God, it'll come to naught. But if it is God, then you're fighting, you're fighting against God. He had that much wisdom but yet he didn't have enough courage in him to take a stand with them. See, there's, there's people out there, man, they're theologians. They're, they're brilliant when it comes to the Word of God. I'm going to tell you the truth. They're brilliant. Brilliant theologians. Doctors of the Word of God. And they can stand by and they can look and they can see this. I want to be careful about calling you a movement because movements turn into monuments. See, it starts with man and it goes to a movement and then it goes from a movement to a monument. Normally it starts with the glory of God and it ends in a denominational system. So I want to be careful about calling you a movement because I don't want to turn you into a monument. I want the glory of God to stay in here. Did you catch what I just said? How, do you know, how many know what I'm talking about? That the moves of God in history started with the glory of God, but they ended up being denominational systems. Man got a hold of it, made it a movement, then it became a monument, and it was dead. Religion. This man, in seeing this, I'll just say movement, he should have said, I'm standing with you. I'm going to see too. I'm going to join up with you and I'm going to see if this is God or not. And I'm going to preach like you preached. And I'm going to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus and I'm going to be filled with the Holy Ghost like you. But we do not see Gamaliel coming into the kingdom. Therefore, if Gamaliel, and I say if, we don't have record in the book of Acts. If Gamaliel was never baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, Gamaliel, one of the greatest theologians of the hour, died and went straight to hell. Now you think about that just for a moment. 
You think about the preachers all over this nation, all over this world, and some of them brilliant doctors of the Word of God, theologians who have never taken a stand, who never joined, who have never become a part, never been born again, really born again. The ones you see standing in pulpits day by day are going to end up in hell. Because you cannot go to heaven if you're not born again of the water and the Spirit. Give God praise. Come on, Gamaliel. You've got great counsel, but you lack courage. You won't stand up with them. And so, Gamaliel, if I understand it, from this point, him not being converted, Gamaliel was lost and went to hell. The one the great apostle Paul set the feet of and learned from. Isn't that sad? How many people? They've got so many things they can offer. So much knowledge they can offer. So good judgment on certain things that they can offer, right? But they won't take a stand for the truth. And they'll die and be lost. So you've got good counsel, Gamaliel, not to stand up against God. Don't touch these men. You'd be fighting against God. The Bible says, are y'all with me today? And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They never complained once. You can take them and throw them in prison. You'll never hear them complain. You can beat these people, but you never hear them complain because they were totally convinced about what they believed. No, com no complaint. Just full of courage. Going out and doing whatever the Lord told him to do. Have you ever complained when it gets hard? Serving, serving the Lord, oh, it's hard. Serving God, it's so hard to serve God. It's so hard to live for God, oh God. And you're over here, you're just complaining and griping. What you need is some courage. You need to take a stand for Jesus Christ. You need to stop complaining and start really living for Him. These people rejoiced that they had been counted worthy to suffer for His name. They were praising God, Brother Timothy, thanking God. Thank God we were beaten for the name of Jesus Christ. For the name. name. The Bible says where are they going to be? Where they were sent. And they went. And they were put. And they gave what they got. The Bible says and daily in the temple and every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Cease not. You can't stop these people. No matter what you throw at them. You can't stop them. They just keep going where they're sent. Because they're put. And they just keep preaching Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Aren't you glad to be a, a part of brothers and sisters like this? You're a part of this church, by the way. When I read to you out of this book of Acts, you're a part of this church. Because you're not a part of the Sadducee system. You're not a part of just a religious group of people who claim to believe in God. You are a part of the church of the living God. 
you're sent. And because you're sent, you went. Because you went, you're put. And you're given what you got. And you're just like them. And if you get persecuted, don't complain. Just rejoice. Say, Lord, thank you that I was found worthy. And that's hard to do. That's hard to do when, when people are fighting you and all kinds of things, you know. That's hard to do. But just do it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for those people. They're ignorant. Now, I don't mean that uh, kind of way it came out. That's not what I'm saying. You're saying, Lord, they're showing by their indignation their ignorance. Okay? So, Lord, bring them into the church just like you did Paul. Turn them into preachers like you did Paul. Send them. Let them go. Let them be put. Let them be true believers. Let them be a part of us. That's way. That's the way you win enemies. I'd rather, see, if I can win an enemy to God, that means there's one less enemy that's going to fight me. Right? If I can win you to God, hallelujah, then you're going to stop fighting me. So I'm going to do my best to win you to God so you'll stop fighting me. Now, that's not the only reason, obviously, but I, you know, that's the truth. If you could win these Sadducees to God, they would stop persecuting me. Right? Praise the Lord. I thank God for the truth. How many you sent? How many you went? How many you put? How many you're giving what you got? Aren't you glad to be a part of the family of God? Aren't you glad to be a part of the church? And when you go, how many of y'all preach the name of Jesus? I love the name of Jesus. It's a fine line of separation. It brings salvation to those that believe. But those who do not believe, it's the name that will condemn them. Father, we thank You right now. We thank You for Your Word today. We give You all the glory and the honor and the praise. We worship You today. Lord, help us, as Gamaliel said, to not fight against You in any way. Lord, we seek to do it Your way. We will obey You and Your Word. And we give You praise and glory and honor for the opportunity to be a witness, to be a martyr in a sense for You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Won't you lift your hands one more time and thank God that you're baptized in His name and you're filled with His Spirit. And if you've been persecuted lately, praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. You're in good company. Hallelujah! Don't stand there all religious. Don't stand there religious. Come on, get real. Get real. Get real. Yeah. Amen. Be, being religious, it, it don't get you anywhere, Pentecostal. I know you're Jesus' name, one God, Holy Ghost. I know that. You're holy. But that, being religious, even Pentecostal religion, not going to get you anywhere. Let's get real with Jesus Christ. All right? How many of you sent? How many of you went? How many of you going to stay put? And you're going to give what you got. God bless you. I love you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.